Episode 105, The Listening Well. We live our lives, I think we're too close to the tapestry to see the threads are making a pattern. Because God, God isn't asking me to project out. You know, God just asks me to show up. Welcome to The Listening Well, engaging you, the reflective American woman, in story, spirituality, and social spaces through the grid of God's grace. Here, we're out to grow and nurture a kingdom culture by cultivating the creative in you. Hey, love. This morning, I was in my prayer closet, which also serves as my podcasting closet and linen closet. But while I was there on my knees, I was thinking of you. Well, not just you. I was thinking of me, too, and how afraid I've been lately. I confessed my fear to the only one that I really need to fear. You know, we're always saying around here that confession helps the thing lose its power over you, whether it's a big thing or a little thing, whether it's a fear or a sin of some kind, even an addiction. Well, today's guest talks openly about how he was delivered from an addiction and his fears, too. He tells the story of a handful of loved ones setting up an intervention with care as he says he was ready to be got. (laughs) And he shares a practice that has helped him step out into wide open spaces and find healing, which has helped him get creative. Amazing how that works, isn't it? Once we do the heart work, we can get to work doing what the Father designed for us to do. That's so like Ephesians 2.10. You are His workmanship. I want to welcome you to The Listening Well. I'm your host, Carthy Masters, and I cannot wait for you to meet my friend, Ryan Swanson. He's a highly acclaimed producer and screenwriter, big time, like Hollywood type. And for the past few years, he's been the head writer for a little project you know and love called The Chosen. And I'm honored to say that in the past few months, he's become a friend and mentor to me as I'm working on my TV screenplay. He's one of the most sensitive writers you'll find. And if you're a fan of The Chosen already, you know what I'm talking about. So back to my fears. I've been dealing with some fear just like you have. I've been fearful about the state of the world, the violence in the streets, pre-election political unrest, post-election political unrest, all the same things that you're feeling fearful about. Plus, I've been feeling some angst about my writing. Just, I don't know, it's, it's incredibly vulnerable to be writing out a screenplay. I mean, the central character in mine is a fictitious one. I've had teachers call it historical fiction or creative nonfiction. No matter how you slice it, there's bound to be some autobiographical stuff in there because we tend to write about what we know. This is precisely the reason that I've never been able to finish the book that I started about 20 years ago because most of the characters in said book are still living. So there's that. (laughs) Do you ever feel like, uh uh-oh, so-and-so might read this someday or hear this. Oh, no, I've said too much. Yeah, Brene Brown calls that vulnerability hangover, and I've had a major case of that (laughs) lately. I've been trying to cope with this fear in all kinds of ways. If you can relate to any of this, Ryan Swanson has a practice that's going to help us that doesn't feel like such a fight. In fact, 
in a way, it feels almost like he's encouraging us to lean into our fears and even use that energy toward whatever creative thing we were made to do. Ryan dealt with some fear on a recent trip he took to Israel. He and his co-writer, Tyler Thompson, who's also going to be on the show next month, the two of them took a tour through the Holy Land together. And from what I've seen, the guys working on The Chosen really take their work seriously. They research, they pray, they hold roundtable discussions. It's pretty amazing how thorough they've been. Okay, here's my friend, Ryan Swanson. Last time we talked a little bit, Ryan, um, I was got nervous and I got too scared to ask you to think about my log line. <laughs> but this time, if you're open to it, I would love to just read you my log line and let you just rip it apart and tell me what you think. Would you be open to that? I'm putting you on the spot here, but I can oh, edit it out. Of course. Awesome. Yeah, no, of course. Sweet. And yeah. then I'll ask you to tell of a time when God redeemed something that seemed like a fail. You guys have kept it so real. You were headed to Israel. Tell us, what was it like? What was hard about that? What was great about that? Well, okay. So I learned about the trip about 10 days before we were going to take off. It really just sort of fell together last minute. Dallas, my partner on, on The Chosen, Dallas called me up. I was really torn because I felt like a lifetime opportunity. At the same time, I was, I, I dreaded it. I felt like I'd given to out of fear when I'm planning. It's a practice to go back to faith. It's really something that I have to do consciously. I have to do with my community. But my tendency is to get overwhelmed and to start planning as if, you mm-hmm. know, if, if everything I want to happen works out, it'll all be good, which is never the case. Uh, <laughs> as, we'll, as we'll talk about later, I, I was so fearful of the the, the air travel, because I don't work well on a plane, I don't sleep on planes, oh. I just sort of sit and fidget, and this was cumulatively 30 hours in a plane. Oof. Israel was, um, I don't know, we just, you know, you're such a stranger in a strange land, but somehow it feels instantly familiar, I, if that makes any sense. I felt mm. like a, a connection, it was, it was spiritual, coming mm. from LA, it was, it was it, the climates are identical yeah palm trees and water and mountains yeah Hmm. just something that felt really really wonderful from that's great from the get-go and um you know tower and i saw the uh the unearthed the i think it was it's been unearthed in the last three years uh synagogue at magdal where christ worshipped um the pools where he would have Mm. purified the mikvah baths um, my goodness and and, and uh, we, we met a man named Father Kelly. He oversees the, the site for the Catholic Church. Um, oh. He is a Catholic. Was he an Irish guy? He was. Carthy, I'm not kidding you when I say this man was like, he, he was just off the charts EQ, like in terms of mm. connecting with people quickly. He, oh. could, he, he could do it. He could make a connection. And so we were looking out at this old tile that had been on earth. Mm. And we were looking right where the, the, the Torah would have sat in the synagogue. It <sighs> came over my shoulder and he said, imagine sitting across from you is the loving creator of the universe. And he's 
hearing the same passage you are. Oh, wow. Looks across at you and you lock eyes. And this is somebody who all he wants is your eternal. <laughs> I get, I get choked up thinking about it. Um, your, uh, he, he, um, he made it, it, it the, the moment come alive. Oh, suffice to say. And um, I, I walked about 10 feet out of there before I, I had to pick up the phone and call Dallas and tell him about the experience that I had. He said I had the same feeling at Magville, the same exact experience that we had. He wow. didn't do looking out at the uh, at the wharf, which would have had his, you know, 15,000 people on it on a, on a given fishing day. And, and just seeing like, you know, this is where it happened. This, this is where uh, so Peter and, and, and John and Big James and Andrew would have brought their catch. This is oh. where they might have launched a boat. It, yeah, it was, it was incredible. So great. We got over to Capernaum and Tiberia and it was just, just amazing. You mentioned, Ryan, that um, you, you dealt with some fear, especially around flying. And so you mentioned the word practice. And I would love for you to share what practice you would recommend for someone who's dealing with fear. Oh, wow. Um, Well, when, when I'm experiencing it, one of the first things I, I, I do, and and again, this is entirely through failure, Mm. learning that uh, my way didn't work. And so looking for uh, something that did. And and often when I'm um, around my community, when I'm at home, question that's often posed to me when I have a problem is how is that working for you? All the things that you're doing that lead <laughs> to the problem you've experienced in the past. So mm. um, through trial and error, one of the first things I do is I reach out. And um, so long as uh, it is not harmful uh, to share, I share the things that I'm feeling. I give the feeling a name. Nice. And um, it can't, so when, when I'm asked, how do I feel? What do I feel um, in that state? If I think precedes what I say, then mm. I'm on the wrong track because I'm thinking my feelings and not feeling my feelings. Huh. Um, this That's is something good. that, again, it's a practice because if you, you can stop thinking about it if you know that God has you. If you, if, if you know that your feelings are not the series of events or a series of actions you have to take as a result of feeling the thing, hmm. let, you can let it pass. Um, so, so after good. I get off the phone, I breathe. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, um, I, I get into a, the process that I've, uh, I've grooved for myself. Now, one of the things that I had to learn over time is that I'm going to feel fear any time that I walk into a place that's uncomfortable. So, how can I reduce the number of places I feel uncomfortable? My writing mm-hmm. process is all about removing extraneous choices that I'll have to make. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get hung up and fearful in just choosing the location of where a conversation is going to take place. So take it off your plate. My process involves uh, uh, doing outlines that, that remove choices because mm-hmm. Inevitably, no matter how many I've taken, how many choices I've taken out, new ones pop up 
while I'm writing. So screenplays, teleplays, this is where my, my bread and butter is. So in all those processes, the better I got, the more comfortable um, I became with eliminating choices. So, um, so, so that's a part of my process. I reach out to community, um, and sometimes that, that isn't always uh, humans. That, that involves <laughs> prayer. Yes. That involves uh, reading passages of the Bible, but I, I, I commune mm-hmm. in one way or another. So confess, commune, and then you eliminate yes. choices, too many choices. Thanks. All the choices. That's right. And then over time, that's just, that's uh, become a process for me. So, um, you know, yeah, you said it's a series of actions that change how I'm thinking. I, I can't, cha- I can't think my way into a series of different actions. Yeah. And I love what you said about feeling. If I'm, if I'm asking about thinking, I'm not really feeling my feelings. Yeah. And you've learned this, you said, through failure. So tell us the time when God redeemed something that you thought seemed like a failure to you, but really he well, turned it into something good. I love, I love this question, Carthy, because uh, as, as you know a little bit, um, it's, the, it's the question that's defined my, my life. I thought my whole life was a failure. I was 34 uh, years old. Um, I had, I'd had a very promising uh, screenwriting story development career explode. Mm. Uh, my agents had dropped me, and this was a result of. Um, I mean, it, it was it was a result of a whole chain of hubris fueled events that that I brought upon myself. I was uh, I I'd started using a drug to to try to stay up longer, later work more, and that turned into oh, dear. Uh, drinking. Um, yeah. around the clock. Um, Gosh. I, I, you know, like I said, my agents left me. I couldn't, I couldn't get hired. I, it, it looked like it was all wrecked. Mm. And well, so, let me ask you a question, Ryan. So you're saying yeah. the original desire was so that you could stay up, like basically be, um, was it Bradley Cooper in that movie? Limitless. Yeah, right. <laughs> Limitless. So it wasn't necessarily yeah. like you were trying to escape from, some pain that you knew. No, that's, that's how it started. Um, I was, I think I was 28 when I sold my, my first script, which wow, I'm, I'm a late bloomer. Uh, but, but that really, that was, so that was the first time in my life that, that where I felt prodigious. Like mm. that felt like, wow, I got a really lucky and possibly quick mm. start in Hollywood. Cause I had only been in town for about four years and Amazing. I did, Carthy. I should. I have to qualify that and say that I did get impossibly lucky with the mm. people I met, with the opportunities that fell into my lap. I was I was showing up every day, but there was no reason. For example, uh, uh, Academy Award winning screenwriter in the midst of an Oscar campaign for A Beautiful Mind uh, mm. uh, decided to ask me one day, "What are you writing? What are you working on?" Mm. Uh, he, 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 people, people showed up concerned and, and, and willing to give and, and, um, and that wow. doesn't happen. That doesn't happen very often. Um, which compounded some of the pain later when I felt like I'd thrown it all away. But, oh, um, I bet. But it was, it's also made you very generous in spirit to people coming behind you because it feels like 
somebody held the door open for you and now you are so kind. I was telling my husband about you. I was like, he is one of the kindest souls I've ever spoken with. No doubt you've, you've got something special, Ryan, I'm telling you. So it seems like you're paying it back. So generous. Uh, I'm trying. I'm, I really, that really matters to me. That's really nice to, to, um, you say it. Oh, it it radiates from you. Absolutely. Thanks, Garthy. Absolutely. Tell us what was your first script that sold when you were 28? So uh, it was called The Scourge at Spectre Gulch. And <laughs> it was a, uh, it, it was, it was a, a cross, the log line was something like, it's uh, Goonies meets young uh, Indiana Jones in a, oh, wow. uh, a, a tween ghost story adventure. So I had a group <laughs> of kids that latched on to uh, a, a college kid who was in truth a ghost hunter um and uh the the group of a 20 year old couple and and three 12 year old kids um they try to get to the bottom of what's going on in their uh, spooky new england town on the eve of halloween and it was it was, it was all <laughs> it was all just you know it was, a, it was a pastiche of all the things i loved as a kid you know oh, and, so fun and and feeling like you know i had an older brother who i idolized and anytime i could get to hang out with him and his friends was uh, was the best time ever so what it's awesome yeah. so finish you were you were telling us about the redemption of ryan swanson's career Ooh. so well so you know, I'll spare you the uh, what what we call in my program a drunkalogue, uh, which is uh, <laughs> what it sounds like. Oh man! Um, suffice to say, I had uh, the last two years. I drank for for five years Goodness. after after starting with just you know these prescription meds that were to help me keep focus, um, and I was blowing through those, and and, um, and then I started drinking. And I drank for five years, the last two years of which I didn't take a sober breath. It was, it was 24 hour day drinking. My, some addiction issues have, have been in my family. And so when my, when this wonderful woman who was my companion, uh, alerted them, they invited me, they, 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 they did something rather surprising. I think, Carthy, they invited me to their 40th vacation to celebrate their 40th anniversary in a cabin in Wisconsin. So was this a setup? It was a total setup. I got there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. (laughs) So they got you. Yeah. Uh, They got me. Was it effective? uh, I was ready to be God. Oh, that's great to hear. I was so ready to be God. I was at a place where, this this is kind of dark, but I was at a place where, honestly, the thing that frightened me the most was the idea that I wouldn't get sober and mm. it wouldn't kill me. Oh, wow. Oh. And that I would be in this interminable state for all time, forever, going from, because every day was, was, uh, it was, it was awful. And I, I, f- I feel like there, 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 there are people that get to that place. And um, mm. I was afraid to quit because I, th- I thought it would, uh, I thought it would hurt me. It would kill me. Goodness. I, whenever I, I went a few hours without a drink, I, I shook. And um, anyway, oh. this, this is, that's kind of a drunk log, but I, I, I just needed help. 
and um, and they were there to provide it. And and uh, so this is the start of the things that God laid out for me. Um, mm. And we, of course, we we see this stuff in in the rearview mirror. We we're, mm-hmm. we're as we live our lives, I think we're too close to the tapestry to see the threads are making a pattern. But I look back and I go, my father had this counseling training where he could help me detox without mm. uh, a lengthy hospital stay. He knew somebody who could get me into a rehab. I went to the rehab and met this man, DJ, that for the first time introduced me to how God could be a personal part of my life and not an intellectual concept. Praise um, God. Oh. And, oh, and I embarked on a, a, a road to recovery first. That was all I could do. I wasn't mm. thinking about the career I'd blown when I was healthy. I, or 30 days healthy, I, I, I started to take the next right step, and that's it. Just Life got very small, just as it had been when I was drinking, and there was only one thing important. Mm. This now is the same thing going forward. Because God, God isn't asking me to project out. You know, God just asks me to show up. That's all he asks, is that mm. we would yield to him. Your heart was ready. The intervention, yes. the intervention took because your heart was yielded to him. That's, that is such a great intervention story. And I, you don't hear those very often. So that's so refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so but glad the hound of heaven tracked you down. It's, it's, it, it keeps going on like that. But I think it culminates in a space where I am four years sober. I've decided, you know what, maybe writing isn't for me. Uh, maybe, maybe, you know, nobody's knocking my door down to, to have me write. And I'll, I'll look for a new line of work. That's what's in front of me right now. It's not the extra mm. efforting, the hustle. It was what's in front of me right now. Where can I, as you were saying, take space right now? Mm-hmm. And it was some, to do something kind of challenging. I learned a little bit about how to program computers. Wow. <laughs> and uh, while, while I was doing that, just showing up, staying active, uh, uh, an old friend from uh, one of the studios called me and said, Hey, I heard you were sober. Uh, do you want to work <laughs> on something? And I said, yeah, send it over. Sure. I you know, keep saying yes. People ask you to, to, to show up at a thing. Say yes. They say, come to my church this week. And I said, yes. And, and yes. I, and, and, and while I was, so I started working on this thing and I, and I got a, I was reached out to by an old friend, a woman from high school. Um, who I'd gone to the 10th grade Sadie Hawkins dance with. And she said, my husband has a movie showing at a film festival in LA. Would you come out? And I said, yes. And I went and I met this guy. And I said, where are you guys living? I loved your film. It was about um, the, the two thieves who were on the crosses next to Jesus. Mm. Um, uh, it's, mm. it's Dallas Jenkins award-winning short film. It's outstanding. And, and it, it, it provides in some way the, the context for the project that he and I are working on now. But, ah. they, but they happen to be living in Elgin, Illinois, which is the town I was born. Crazy. Um, we met at this film festival in North Hollywood and, and six months went by. I did my assignment for the studio and he wrote something on Facebook and I said, hey, your story is great, but you need a talisman. He said, what is that? And, I, and, mm-hmm. and he and I got into this long conversation about it and he said would you would you write a movie for me wow <laughs> so i said yes cuz i'm saying yes to everything so that's yeah. how you got connected yeah and i love that your Amanda. friend called you up and said 
hey, I heard you're sober. I heard you were sober. Uh, that is classic. Yeah. So this isn't just the redemption story of Ryan Swanson's career. It's the redemption of Ryan Swanson. That's, that's for sure. That's for not sure. an overstatement at all. Oh. Doesn't it make you, doesn't it give you courage? Doesn't it make you want to yield to the spirit too? Especially if you're struggling with fear and addiction, which is so understandable at such a time as this in our history. Are you ready to give up your idol or your addiction? Are you ready to get got? What's the thing that God asks of you wherever you are? To show up. That's it. Just like Ryan said. I'm reminded of Micah 6, which says, Love mercy, do justice, walk humbly with your God. Is that the right order? Let me, I'm going to check that in my Bible. Hang on. Yeah, verse 8 in chapter 6 of Micah. He's told you, O man, what's good and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice, love mercy, my version says kindness, and walk humbly with your God. That's all he asks, you know? So here's a recap. Confess your fears. Give it a name. You know, I love that because it's not denying that you have a fear. Give it a name. Call it what it is and watch it lose its power over you. Secondly, commune with others that you trust. And third, eliminate extra choices. Confess, commune, choices. Three C's. That's easy. It's easy to remember. Which disciple do you identify with the most in the chosen? <laughs> we haven't met him yet. I'll give you a hint. Jesus saw him under the fig tree. Can you name the disciple that Ryan's talking about? Or I should say, the disciple to whom Ryan's referring? <laughs> Gosh, when I'm talking to writers, I am so aware of how grammar-challenged I really am. So, what's your guess? Who's the disciple? If you're guessing Thomas, like I did... Er, you're wrong. But if you said Nathaniel, you're going to win a big prize. Big. Huge. Okay, I'm going to shut up now, and here's more of Ryan. And now you say, wait, Nathaniel only has uh, three three lines in, in the Gospels. Uh, it's a very and, short story. But he's in like three or four episodes. Well, he's, I mean, he's going to stay with us because he's one of the 12, and our ah. stories are about you know, the people Their who encountered can't the wait. people who encountered Christ. And so, yeah, that we, we took a, a, a sort of circuitous route to figuring out who Nathaniel was based on what little we knew. If, mm. if you remember, he says he questions, he's trying to intellectualize what his friend Philip is telling him. He's like, mm. I met this man. I think he's, I think he, he can change your life. I think he's the Messiah. And he says, where's he from? <laughs> Does anything good come from there? Does anyone? <laughs> so, so yeah, he is somebody who has um, really relied on his brain a lot, and he's missed. He's he's missed the forest through the trees. So you that resonates with you. You have kind sure of that. Does. It sure does. I said I said to you earlier. I'm I'm not an early bloomer. Um, I've, I've neither been smart nor wise. I feel, I, smart people learn from their own mistakes. Wise, one, wise people learn from others' mistakes. Ah, oh, I like that. I've been neither at times mm. and made the same mistakes 
Um, but um, I am I am blessed with persistence, hmm. and uh, and for whatever reason, I've had to learn uh, lessons multiple times. So I feel like when we started giving this character a voice, um, I just told the other guys, "I got this." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait to get to know Nathaniel. I feel like I, I told you this last time. I feel like when I read the word now, it it feels completely different. I picture Peter in my mind. I picture Matthew in my mind. Ah, and what they're going to go through later just fills my heart. I, I can't even stand the thought of it. But, <laughs> you know, like I told you, the older I get, the more I want to feel things. I want to feel all my feels. So whether it's yeah. grief or joy or sorrow, whatever, you know, I want to feel the full gamut of emotions because they're all gifts from God. And when we do grieve a loss, we're, we're um, assigning value. You know, mm. we wouldn't be grieving for that person if we didn't love them and value them. So yeah. I'm, I'm not holding wow. back. I'm falling in love with these characters, and I know what's coming down the pike, but I want to feel the whole thing. Because the resurrection's mm. coming too. Sunday's coming too. So That's right. That's right. I mean, it's, it is going to be darkest before the dawn, but it is, um, I mean, what you said is it just seems impossible to me. The mm. idea that like I showed up at a place where, you know, somebody could say something you had a part in changes the way I read the Bible. Oh, it feels impossible to me. That is so, yeah, it is beyond, I, I can't even imagine, but it's real all over the world. Yeah. People are saying that it's true. Well, we're we're really lucky that the, uh, God put uh, incredible people together, and and it's given us uh, the blessing of, of meeting friends like you and and uh -huh. um, traveling all over, and uh, you know through this series of events that I had no control over, and I failed at every turn. It's just incredible. Ryan, I'm going to read this to you, and you have the freedom yeah. to rip it apart, okay? Okay. This is a, a, a log line for a TV screenplay. Yes. After attempting to prevent a suicide in her small southern town, an aimless, misfit Indian American realizes that living into her own future means having to process her past, which proves to be trying as her disappointed parents move in. Mm. That sounds really long as I'm reading it out loud. So it is a, I feel like the show that materializes for me is about um, a, a main character who I love. Keep that <laughs> highlighted Good. as much as you can, right? That's right up front. Good. That makes the pitch high concept, which mm -hmm. is, is the development term for, I can tell what it's about by looking at the poster. Oh, I always um, wondered what high concept meant. That's what it means. It means the opposite of what you think it is. Like you think something yeah. technologically advanced is like, no, it's the opposite. It's if you, what women want is the greatest high concept movie of all time, because it's like a womanizer can hear women's thoughts and has to feel, uh, has to become empathetic mm. antics ensue. So you, you, you just see the poster and read that little thing. And you're like, Oh, I know what the whole movie is, but I want to see it anyway. So it's <laughs> right. the, 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 the main character makes it super high concept. I'm seeing a show where a character is examining um, 
events or, or returning to old friends? Yep. Is that flashbacks. the serialized yep. She's nature? got flashbacks okay. happening with her counselor, mentor person. Ah, I see. Okay. And then in present time, is she re, is she applying a new skill set? That's a good question. She's learning to draw boundaries with her parents who move in. Ooh. Okay. So, so that's a big, that's a big part of the show in mm. real time. She's getting over, or she's she's learning to cope with blank. Uh, you said the parents are, are are moving in. Yeah. So, so I, I think that the, the ideal thing here is is that you you want to give a sense of in as quickly you know a log line like you, you're doing great for your log line by the way. That's is not too long, really. No, no, no. It's it's enough to make me ask questions, which is entirely the point so what you want good in short order you want to let somebody know i think as as fast as you can in any show like what would it, the experience of an episode be like so if it's so something is happening in real time whether it's i learned something that's going to go make me visit so and so and i say that because you you're, you're trying to bring something is at stake for the character and if it's in the past we know the past can't be changed and it may it doesn't relate to how your situation, like how it unfolded in the past already happened. So, right. But she's got to process it in order to move into the future to get healing and then move in. Beautiful. Beautiful. This has great, this has great elements. Yay. That's so amazing. What, what, are there any shows that, that you'd say that, that, that's, that inspires me or it's, it's kind of like, an experience of this or well you know um i love kim's convenience that's but right this one i would say is more of a dramedy like parenthood as opposed to a okay. straight up comedy uh, this is us has quite a bit of flashback in it which show does this is us and uh, oh i you know i only watched the pilot i need to watch more of those episodes. it's really touching you said parenthood it's kind of in that same vein also uh different tone but uh, how i met your mother is is uh, largely about, about flashbacks. Okay. And those, those feel really emotional um so those cool. would be some good templates for uh i'm gonna you know, go check those out forward well, I so appreciate that, man. That I really yeah. want to be a part. I really want to take up space, to go back to that phrase. Oh, that's so. great. Yeah, I think you got something fun. Well, dozens of you have asked, maybe hundreds, about the TV show that I'm writing. No, actually, only three of you. <laughs> three people have asked what I'm writing about. I keep telling you, wait for it. Well, suffice it to say, I've been getting a lot done this year in the way of writing, and I'm so excited to share it with you soon. Uh, Well, it centers on marriage, namely how even a marriage between two flawed people can bring deep healing, meaning, and beauty to life. I promise I'll be sharing more and more with you as time goes on. I'll tell you, the reason this is so important to me The reason I'm spending all my waking hours between treatments and all this money learning the craft of screenwriting, the reason I want to be caught dead doing this thing is because when I was growing up, for much of my childhood, I couldn't sleep at night for different reasons. So Johnny Carson and Carol Burnett, Sonny and Cher, 
um, Mary Tyler Moore, Bob Newhart, these were my friends. And I would watch their variety shows and sitcoms until the three main channels, because that's all we had, until they all signed off for the night. And that was it. The signal was turned off all over the country. And all you saw was a row of, you know, those those colored bars. And you'd hear a loud beeping noise. So you couldn't leave your TV on if you wanted to. I'll never forget in the 70s when they invented this new cool thing called a remote control. It was so great because I got to turn off the TV from my bed at midnight without having to get up out of my bed to turn it off. Seven, eight, nine years old, that was pretty amazing. Changed my life. And now I want to provide a safe place for others. I want to paint a picture for someone else. Maybe there's some unhappy wife out there who feels stuck in a loveless marriage like I did. I want to let her know that she's not alone in her struggle. That if she's not in a, if it's not an abusive or dangerous situation, there's hope for her marriage and her life. That God's arm is never too short to reach anyone, anywhere, anytime. How do you do that through a TV show? Well, that's what I'm trying to figure out. (laughs) I mean, The Chosen certainly nowadays has been doing that for me. You got to watch it, friend. If you haven't seen it yet, I'm going to link to it again in the notes. In case you haven't heard Dallas Jenkins' interview yet, go back and grab that, episode 103. We'll wait right here. And you'll be happy to know that Ryan is busy working on season three already. Yahoo! And say a prayer for me, if you think of it, that I'll have clarity and energy to finish the tasks that I feel called to do. Well, what about you? What are you working on? Shoot me a line. I would love to hear from you. CarthyMasters at gmail.com. And as always, a discovery call is free. So if you're interested in some coaching around your fears or the creative in you needs some nurturing, reach out. Till next time. Bye, love. My thanks to the heroic, handsome, most talented producer, engineer extraordinaire, and my best friend, Blair Masters, for setting it all to music. And thank you for joining us. Come on back and we'll talk more about cultivating a kingdom community by nurturing the creative in you. You know what? You're going to get a prize even if you just... Oh, did you hear that? Ouch, that hurt my ears. Episode 105, Hey Love Podcast. Oh, I did it again. Episode 105, The Listening Well.